Blair and Barker. Barker's back from the wilds of Colorado. I'm back from southern Manitoba. Was it cold where you were at? It was freaking cold. The first day I got there was like minus 18 with uh, the wind chill. Were you miserable? No, I wasn't. No, I was not. It wasn't. It's the first time I've seen my mom in two years. She's 97. If she's not miserable, I'm not going to be miserable. Uh, and the, the most amazing thing is she wasn't miserable after I was there for a week either. Unbelievable. Though I did have one of those moments. What, what was that? I had one of those moments that, that uh, well, yeah, my mother's 97. And she's, you know, luckily... God bless her. She's doing well. She got all her faculties living in a two bedroom and apartment. I mean, she's awesome. doing, she's doing really well. Yeah. Especially considering she's my mother, right? Mm. Uh, well said. But anyhow, so she's 97. She's got some aches and pains. Absolutely. Right. So I got to go to a cannabis store in my hometown and you got to, th- this hometown's in the Bible belt. Like this is, you know, Southern Manitoba. There's, it's kind of the low vaccine. It's, a, it's the Bible Belt. So I got to go to get, you know, gummies for my 97 year old mom. The cannabis store. Which I, I had no problem with it, but it was just it. It kind of, you know, if I look back 10 years and think, you know, what I think is going to happen at some point, I'm going to be going into a cannabis store in my small town in the middle of the Bible Belt. Located not that far from a church, by the way, the cannabis store. Um, although it's also located near a bar, which makes a certain amount of sense. But if I'd, I'd seriously thought about doing that, that was a bit of a mind warp. Wear a hoodie. No, I, I just went in. I went in. I'd, wear a hoodie. I went in. I just, Did anybody know who you were? I mean, somebody no. go, hey, Jeff. No. How you doing? Mm-hmm. What you here for? The guy. <laughs> so, But I was, you know, because I'm in there and I... And I, so I got, I'm looking for these, uh, get these package of gummies. And I, the thing is there goes, a limit? Is there, is there, is there? He didn't get around to that. I, I look, 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 I want to get the gummies and get the hell out basically. Oh. All right. I, I, I just do. Um, that person didn't go, you look like you can use some of these. Here you go. Slide this into your pocket. They didn't do that. Yeah. But the, the guy, the, so we're talking and yeah, I've got to get it from my mom. He goes, Oh, can I get a little something for you? What'd and you I say? wanted to say, I said, no, nah, it's not that type of trip. It's, it's it, anyhow. No, huh. I didn't. But it was just, it was kind of, it was interesting. It's, it, nobody, it just struck me as odd, you know, because back in the day, there was, yeah, I'm sure we sat in that parking lot and smoked up at some point when I was in high, I, I know we did at some point in high school because it, it used to be just kind of an open area. But now anyway, you could chew it. I could chew it. It was just like what goes around, the circle of life thing, right? The I would think it would be less thing. work to chew it than to smoke it, wouldn't it? It's, it's not the same. It, there's no... It's just not the same. There's no, I don't know. Does it work the same? Yeah, it's just not. There's there's no kind of, ooh, you know, to it anymore. Oh, it's like secret. Don't let nobody see you. Holding it like that. Yeah, it's just kind of, but anyhow. That's only reason I know that is because when I played baseball, they'd, they'd try to do it before they got on the bus, certain players. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and I, you would always know because of how they were holding it. Oh, yeah. Don't make a, it so obvious. No. Anyhow, so that's where we are. So no, but but it was it was a, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. But of course, we haven't. I, I did a quickie podcast before I jumped in the plane after the Brio signing. We haven't had a chance to be on it and and talk to you about all the moves the Jays are making. Um, and we uh, we reset those in the last hour. And we are going to the phone lines at four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety because the Kevin Gossman deal is a big deal. 
This is a big deal. The, yeah. Jays, the Jays have given out a five-year and a seven-year contract to two pitchers this year. They haven't done that before. Remember a time where there was like, we're never going to go five years with anybody. There's a limit. We're not going above three years. We're not going five years. That was the philosophy of yep. the organization from on high. That was the philosophy. Mm. And now if you want to play in the deep end, you better go a little higher than five years yep. to get them here. The Jays certainly are. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Your chance to talk. What do you make of the Blue Jays offseason? Are you excited? Do you think this team can be better, even without Marcus Semyon, who's with Texas, and Robbie Ray, who will likely sign elsewhere now? Are you surprised by this? Are you worried? Are you happy? 416-870-0590-188-666-0590, star 590. Brandon Guelph. Hello, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Kevin, I wanted to uh, pick your brain, please. Okay, morning. I'll just leave. I'll leave, Brenda. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Kevin, I, I wanted to talk about Marcus Stroman. Okay. Now, I know there have been personality problems before with the brass and, and Marcus. Would he be a better fit now to join this team? Would they even consider it? Probably not. So having said all that, where do you think he will go? I understand, you know, he's a grounder pitch, you need, pitcher. You need a good defense behind you. Where do you think Marcus Stroman will end up this year? Well, yeah, look, I, it would make sense. You go back to the Mets. It makes sense. The Angels need pitching. Uh, you know, you mentioned about the Blue Jays. I, I think that ship's already sailed. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that we don't know that's happened between front office and, and Marcus Stroman. <laughs> That that's probably you know that's wrecked that and and that'll never happen again. But look look you you can't argue what he's done. He pitches. Uh, he's good when he pitches. He'd be good on a contender. It's the off the field. It's in the clubhouse. It's you need a special manager, special pitching coach to handle all those things. And and quite frankly, for me, that's why you haven't seen him sign a bigger deal. You know, his stats will tell you because he pitches a lot that he's really good. He keeps it on the ground. He keeps it in the yard. Uh, when he does pitch, like I said, he's really good. He should be on a contending team. Why hasn't he signed a big deal? Just by watching him on TV and not knowing all the side things that he's, he does, you would think, you know, you're going to give him a four or five year deal. Why hasn't he signed that? That's, you know, I think that has a lot to do with what he does in the clubhouse, how he acts, how he acts around players, all of those things that come with being a face of the franchise kind of player. But I, I still think, he, you know, the Mets, why, if you're the Mets, why wouldn't you bring him back? You're trying to spend all this money on, you know, older Max Scherzer's of the world, which you wouldn't have to spend on a Stroman. Why wouldn't you give him some of that money? The more depth you have, the better off you are. Now, again, we have no idea what went on in the clubhouse. Maybe he's wrecked that too, but I just think when you're screaming certain teams that need a two or three – why wouldn't you take a run at Marcus Strong? He he's cheaper than most two or threes. So if you were signing the check, what would you offer him? Uh, that's another great question. You know, it, it's he's not betting on himself anymore. I wouldn't think. The, the, 30, let's let, let's also remember he's thirty years old. He's not twenty four anymore. Some people age differently than most people. Yep. If you if you just looked at Marcus Stroman, does he look thirty to you? Nope. Absolutely not. But I'm just saying that the, that mile per a hour location break on secondary pitches, all the things that go into getting a little older. It's like an offensive player. You know, the bat slows down. Is his arm speed slowing down? It's sort of like Ryu. 
the arm speed because he's gotten a little older, he's gotten a little bigger because that's just what happens when you get older. You 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 know, and things start to slow down arm speed on pitchers. That's normally what happens. And you know, the change up, the 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 velocity, the command, all those things happen. You don't see any of that with Marcus. So to your point, I, you know, I'm thinking that would be a two or three year deal at maybe somewhere around. I'm going to say 20 a year. So you're looking at two or three at 60. See, I'd give you know, Mar- I would give Marcus more money than I'd give Kevin Gossman. Ha- why hasn't it happened already? I, I, I don't know. I, That's I, the question. I don't know. It's entirely possible. One, it's entirely possible Marcus knows where he wants to go and is not just going to settle for anything. Two, a lot of teams may look at Marcus Stroman as plan B. Maybe. I have to ask, Brenda, I ask you, if, you, if you're writing the checks, how much would you give Marcus? I think I'd gamble on him one more time and bring him back if I were the upper echelon. Mm -hmm. Because I think I agree with you. He can slip in there. You know, he's obviously not your starting pitcher. I'm thinking between 60 and 80, maybe. Would you go five years? Would you go five and 120 million for him? Five years and 120 million. I'll tell you what, I will give him this for as many things that he has going on in his life and with everything. He, he's got the desire. He's, Mm -hmm. he, he sticks with it. He, he believes in himself. He works hard. He's got a goal and he, you know, it's, you can't get to your destination until you finish your journey. And I just think he's, he's going to get it. I, I think he's just so well driven that nothing will, hopefully get in his way and he'll he'll get to that point where he can say now i'm here i've done it i've reached my goal brenda really good of you to call in thanks so much as i i I don't think you know i think we're on the same page here kev i don't think there's there's a chance he'd resign here but i i if it's me if i'm if i'm the general if i'm perry manassian who's with the los angeles angels and who knows marcus because perry used to be with the jays organization i'm giving him five and 120 in a in yeah, a yeah. heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I'm giving him five and 120 because sure. I like the stuff. And you know what? I like the athlete. I love the I athlete. And there's a lot of similarities, I think, between him and Jose Barrios. I think we can all agree it has nothing to do with performance. Performance on and the I field, he's going to give it to you every five days. And, and I don't know what he'll, he's... He'll, he'll give you the... I'm just knowing what I've heard and people that's been around, Marcus. I, I, I think the Blue Jays thing is that ship sailed. You know, I hate to say it that way because he'd be a nice fit. Yeah, you know, you never you sprinkle got... him in here, and, and that, how much depth that would give you. That that would eliminate the Thomas Hatches and the Ross Striplings. Now all of a sudden, their depth, and they're not giving you a start every five days. And now you're mixing in Marcus Stroman. But yeah, but there's no indication. I've got to say this: there's no indication that that he was a quote unquote issue in New York. No, with the Mets. There's I... there's no indication. I'm just. Look, I, when when Marcus Stroman was here, it's no secret I, I'm not his biggest fan. But that's I, I just think I, I mean I'm beyond that now, and I think a lot of people need to move beyond it. And if it's me, I'm giving him I'm giving him a five year deal. I will take a shot at the stuff. I will take a shot yeah. at at the at the uh, at, at the athlete. And I, the thing with Jose Barrios is really just kind of reinforced in my mind that sometimes sometimes you got to take a shot in the athlete. And Marcus Stroman is athletic enough. That I would have no problem giving him, I would have no problem giving him a Kevin Gossman deal. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I wouldn't blink twice at that. I think you would see that on an older team, on younger teams. I, Marcus in a clubhouse may a little, be a little hard to take. Yeah, he's very vocal. He's not going to mess around yeah, when it comes I, to. So I've heard again, 
we're not in a clubhouse. We have no idea how it is. Just people you talk to that that's sort of, I don't want to say it's a knock because he is like Brenda said, he is a go getter. He is me against the world mentality and it's worked for him. Like the performance on the field, you cannot argue that he makes adjustments when he has to the elevated four seamer, the sinker, keeping it on the ground, keeping it in the yard, going to big markets and doing it. He's done all of those things. Why isn't organizations want to throw him three or four or five years at it? Well, we don't know. That's if they, the question. Again, we don't know if they have. It's entirely. I, it's I a, would think it, if they have, a, he'd have signed it already. I don't. Oh, I think Marcus. I don't know about that. I think Marcus knows where he wants to go. I don't think. I don't think Marcus is going to take the first three or four year deal that falls into his lap. Oh, I don't think he will. I, I think when you get thirty, it makes it a little harder to go. No, I'm good with the three or four or five year deal. I'm waiting on the other five year deal. It's. Oh, I think it's he, it's hard to do that. Yeah, it I, really is. I, I don't know. I think Marcus is Marcus has got enough. Uh, faith in himself that he's he's he wants to go he wants to go to a good team he wants to go to the right team and i and i think he should i think he should tell you know if i'm a team (laughs) throw another team out there if i'm the detroit tigers and i'm looking at and i i want to take a shot at things this year i'd be all over marcus stroman they're a young team too all over marcus stroman angels another team be all over Marcus. angels make sense because they're an older veteran team who are looking to win you know you know who's going to need to you know who might need that who looks like they will need to add pitching this year no the la dodgers might need to add pitching because they lose scherzer they're not going to have trevor bauer yeah so i he's a a good fit i wouldn't i want a few teams i wouldn't worry about about Marcus Stroman. I think Marcus Stroman is, is going to get his. I think Marcus Stroman is going to get his, and I, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, Joel Sherman on Twitter is hearing the Mets offer to Max Scherzer is in the three years, $129 million range, Oof. which is about $43 million on average per year. Scott Boris saw the Mets coming a mile away. Yeah, yeah, you know what he we're going to do? He saw them coming a we're, mile away. We're going to use them to set your market, and then we're going to go to the Dodgers and the Angels and go, hey, they just offered 43. Will you give him 44? <laughs> Oh, you know that's oh. what he's doing. I it, it, no wonder that the that nobody wants to manage that damn team. Oh, I got to throw this out by the way because uh, somebody asked me this on uh, on on uh, on the text line. Uh, the signing freeze that we talk about, the transact action freeze at eleven fifty nine Wednesday. If it comes in, it does not apply to things like managers and front office executives. So, in other words. Uh, it, it is possible that a team like the New York Mets, for example, or the Oakland Athletics may not, um, you know, they may not have their manager in place. So I just wanted to throw that out there because a couple of people said, okay, you keep talking about a signing freeze. What, what exactly is it? It's a transaction freeze involving players because essentially what happens when there's a lockout, well, it is what it says. Players, the business of the game is suspended. Players will, can't use the team's training facilities it's just there's nothing going on. That's what a lockout is. It's There's a cessation of business until we get a new CBA. But that doesn't preclude teams from yeah. firing managers, hiring managers, firing GMs, hiring GMs. When King, when, when King Kong of agents, this guy Boris is trying to sign his clients when he's notorious for waiting it out. Must be a big deal. Like, it's you know, you take certain players and you add extra years and more money to it. Yeah. No, I, normally he's a waiter. But he's, I, you know, he's definitely not waiting on that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm trying to figure out whether this means people are optimistic that we're going to have a resolution to, to, you know, the collective bargaining issue. Are people worried that there won't be one? So they're getting all these deals done. Remember players don't start getting paid 
until games start. So, you know, if you're a player, it's it, the, what you're doing right now is you're you're essentially looking at things and saying, um, "Does this look like the offer I thought I would get in a regular in a regular off season?" Mm-hmm. And there are ways of quantifying that. And if it does, you take it. If it's lower than what you thought, maybe you wait a little longer. But at least when it starts back up, you know you're getting paid. That's the yes. whole point. Yes. And and teams teams know that when it does start up, they've got some cost certainty. You know, you you can look at your you can look at your team and say, okay, this is what we have on paper going into this new CBA. So this is what we have to do to 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 go along with the new CBA. This is what we we will look like next year. So it it does make it it does make planning easier. But there will also I mentioned the previous how there are going to be a ton of players out there looking for work, and some of those guys are going to sign cheaply. Yeah, it's not it's not hurting the big time guys. The guys that are signed for five years, six years. No, Marcus Simeon's going to get years. Worse. It's, it's it's not hurting those guys. It's hurting the Kevin Barkers of the world. Correct. That's it, who it's hurting. It, it's. I look at the deals that were signed and I go, oh, well, does any of them suggest that? No. Hey, Marcus Samian's going to sign a seven-year deal if you offer it to him today, tomorrow, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, whatever. He's going to take that deal. There isn't a deal out there that, that, that I think suggests that stuff is, that people are worried or overly optimistic. It just seems like business as usual, except in a compressed time frame. The one thing I do find interesting, we don't have time to go into now, but maybe we will in the next couple of days. The Wander Franco deal is interesting to me. Why do you take it? Huh? Why do you take it? No, no, it's just interesting that that going into a CBA, the small market Tampa Bay Rays have given out a contract like that at a time where what are we going to be talking about at the C- in the CBA? We're talking about how the game, the game needs to figure out a way to get more money into the hands of younger players mm-hmm. earlier. That's what the CBA is all about. It's it, it's a philosophical shift in the game. And what have we seen in the past couple of years? We've seen really young players get those contracts. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Rays and their best young player have come to terms ahead of CBA talks that will have a significant impact on precisely that young player. Uh-huh. I, I, I find that intriguing. I find that intriguing. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a great deal for both sides. But well, I just it's, For both sides. If you are a league that is getting ready for nuclear war when it comes to labor, mm-hmm. that doesn't strike me as the type of thing you do. So if you're the khakis for the for the race and you're sitting around going, if the if the owner in the front office come to you and say, how do you how do we get Wander Franco to sign? Don't have it start with a one. Have it start with a two. As young as he is, he'll jump all over that. If you wait another three years, it'll cost you another hundred million, or you'll have to trade him. You'll look like you're you don't want to look. So you start it with a two. And he'll jump all over that because how many twenty-year-olds you know yeah. are going to turn that, down two hundred million? It ain't going to happen. But the, but the point is that that's that that's why I I I think these CBA talks. I think there'll be a lockout. As I said, I think we we may lose a little bit of spring training, but I get the sense that based on what I'm seeing from some teams, there is an understanding that with all the BS aside and all the, we're going to draw a line in the sand here and you're going to draw a line in the sand here and I hate you and you hate me and we can't see eye to eye. And for all of this, there is a realization that younger, there has to be a way of getting younger players more money earlier, whether that's doing something with free agency or arbitration 
So I look at the Wander Franco deal mm-hmm. as if anybody's looking for something that indicates something positive is coming down the horizon, to me, it's that deal. To me, it's that deal. And if you're on the flip side of that, if you're the union, you're saying, why'd you sign that? You're one of the, you can be one of the best players. Now he's only played 70 games. So Wander Franco's yeah. looking at it like that. It's mad. It's 200 plus million. There's no way I can say no to that. And it's security for the rest of my life. But if you're the union, you're thinking, oh, why did you do that? You're one of the best young players in baseball. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Michael in Toronto. You're on with Blair and Barker. What's up, Michael? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Oh. I uh, I just want to touch base with uh, with Marcus Stroman again. I think that would be a great signing for the Jays as a fifth starter. Well, I don't he's know not coming here. Years. Yeah, he's not coming here as a fifth starter. Marcus Stroman's, yeah. I, I mean, I know what you're saying, but... Yeah, he'll be one of the Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Marcus Stroman has proven that he wants to play where he's comfortable. He went to New York because that's where he's from. Uh, I don't think he wants to re-sign with the Mets because him and the owner have uh, some sort of beef over there. Now, he's made mention about coming back over here. Would Marcus Stroman sign a bridge deal like Marcus Simeon did? It's a possibility. I think it's a better possibility than him wanting to sign a five-year deal here. Yeah, I, I don't see Mark. I don't. You know, one thing about one thing we do know about Marcus Stroman is he is going to talk up his market, right? I mean, Marcus Stroman is if he's smart. He's smart. He's not going to say. Sure he's not going to come out and say, "I don't want to go to this team. I don't want to go to that." Not going to eliminate the Blue Jays. Gonna, they're a really good team. They'll pay. They're paying a lot of money to everybody. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I wonder how how serious he is about he's serious he is about that a bridge deal. He 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 did that last year. He took the qualifying offer. Last year, I, I think Marcus is looking, and he should be. He should be looking for four or five years. And as I said, he's yeah. going to get it. Like, I, I would not be surprised if Marcus signs today or tomorrow. I think Marcus Stroman's going to get his contract. I just don't uh, think really he's getting do. it with the Blue Jays. No, that's I, and, just me. No, and I, and I think I, I think right now the Jays, given where they are, uh, you know, their their focus now in pitching has got to be getting somebody on kind of a bargain deal for a year, somebody who can fill out the back end of the rotation. And uh, if I'm going to spend my money in pitching right now and I'm the Blue Jays, I'm looking at the bullpen. I'm looking at trying to get another leverage arm in here. And then and I got Nate Pearson sitting there, and I can figure out what I'm going to do with Nate Pearson in spring training. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point with that. That's why I'm, I think Marcus Stroman would be a great fit because you're looking at Hinjin Ryu, who, you know, towards the end of the season is not going to be as effective as he is in the first half. And I will give, you know, Nate Pearson a little time to get stretched out and recover from his injury fully. And hopefully by midseason, he's in top tip shape. It's the hardest throwing Blue Jay we have. Um, now, does Strowman with the personality fit better with Toronto now as a 30-year-old, having matured a little bit and not having John Gibbons as the coach, letting the players run wild and the team having mm, the core no. ego of Vlad and Bo Bichette? I don't, you know, I Marcus mean. Marcus wants to win, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sort of comfortable with the whole. I don't think Marcus Stroman and John Gibbons had an issue, um, at all. Uh, you know, I, I, different guys and all that, but I think they, I think they, uh, they coexisted okay. No, nah, I, I just, you know what? I mean, that ship has just sailed. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt. I think both sides are. Yeah, I just don't think like it has nothing to do with performance on the field. And I'm not ready. His to performance get, speaks for itself. I don't I know just, if I'm ready to give another pitcher in this team twenty million dollars right now. That's what it's going to take. I, I think it's I more about term than it is about money. That, that that's what it's all about. And I, yeah, I just think the two sides are are 
Mar- Marcus Stroman's a, a very smart man. You know, him going on Twitter and saying the things that he would love to come to a winner, come back to the Blue Jays, of course he would. He's not going to eliminate one of the teams that's paying money to players. He doesn't want to eliminate that, but it's, I think he he knows better than anybody of, you know, sometimes you burn bridges in certain places that maybe you can't overcome, and that's probably one of those places. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'm with Jeff. He's going to probably get three years at whatever that number's going to whatever that number's going to be just because of his performance on the field. And he'll find a team that's wanting to win and will overlook some of the things that happen on Twitter or happen in the clubhouse, all those things that come with that. And that's what I said. you got to sprinkle in. For me, the team that he goes to has to have that, that established veteran presence that's going to raise their hand and go, enough. I, this is what we're doing. I think we need to move on from that whole yeah, how so he too. is in social media. He's fine. Yep. Yeah. He, last year, I, he's fine. Yeah, I don't think what's happening here I, with the Blue Jays has anything to do no, with social media. No, I, no, I, I think I think people need to move off that. Um, Marcus isn't a bad person. Marcus isn't a clubhouse cancer. No, nope. uh, he's just not. That's yeah. We need we need to kind of put put that to bed. Uh, but I think Marcus is. You know, Marcus knows where he wants to go, and I think Marcus has a good sense of his value. And I think he'll. I think he'll be. I think he'll be happy. I think he'll get a good contract in a good place, and as I said, I would have no problem giving him, giving giving him what 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 Gossman's getting. I would have no problem giving him that at all. I just don't know if I would do it in Toronto. But yeah, I'd take I'd, I'd take a gamble in Marcus for five years. Absolutely, I would. That body five at five at one ten is not much of a gamble. You you gotta you gotta you gotta have a pretty good idea of what you're gonna get for at least three of those. Well, and I think I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to get with him. Did we talk much about uh, Yumi Garcia? Nope. What do you think? I, we we touched on it a little bit. You you like the signing? I mean, he's I, a guy. I, he's a guy. Look, he he, he is what he is. Uh, you know, his fastball spin rate is right up there. Uh, his his active spin rate's not that great. The curve spin, I think, is in the top seventy five percent. The contract is two years for 11, $4 million, $5 million, $1 million bonus. 2024 vests at $6 million. Uh, if he throws, what is it, if he complete, if he's in 110 games or 60 games per se, I don't know what it is, 60 innings pitched mm. uh, in 2020. There's a, there's a bunch of vesting things thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about him a little bit. This guy pitched a lot. Guy pitched a lot in the World Series. Guy pitched a lot in the postseason. Um, he is, to me... He's a he's a guy at the bat. He's another option in the eighth inning for Charlie Montoyo. Maybe in the ninth inning. If I'm looking at a bullpen, Jordan Romano, Yimi Garcia, Tim Meza, Simber, Richards. Maybe Nate Pearson goes in there. See, I'd lo- I'd love to, to to have a perfect bullpen where Yemi Garcia is more of a seventh inning guy than an eighth and ninth inning guy. For me, a couple of things stand out. Sticky stuff didn't seem to bother him. He still has good slider. He still has good fastball command. I know when he went to Houston, uh, his fastball percentage or his flyball percentage went down, which is a big deal, and his hard hit percentage yes. went down, which is a big deal. Which means he's attacking his own a little and, bit and better. It means he has late life to it. Yes. He changed his approach a little bit more. They used him in situations they were supposed to use him in. That for me is key here is you you know again the american league is a different animal shorter ballparks stuff's got to play a little bit better and that's up to the pitching coach and the manager to put him in positions to succeed is that the eighth and ninth inning well pass would tell you no 
sixth and seventh inning, more seventh inning to bridge it to those two guys, right? Jordan Romano goes down. You okay with Yemi Garcia being your closer? I know he's done it in the past, been there and done it, and I know you're paying him sort of like that. But perfect scenario for me is he's more of that seventh inning guy. You got Jordan Romano. Then you're looking still for your eighth inning guy. You, now you, all of a sudden you got some octane that you can go to from, you got different arm angles in the sixth inning you can go to. You got an octane in the seventh inning. You're looking for that eighth inning and a ninth inning. You're, lo- you're looking at three digits. That's for me, perfect scenario. But he's better options than what they had last year. Let's put it to you that way. Because he's been there and done it before. And you can't teach experience. And right now there are projects for Pete Walker. When you're contending, you can't have 10 of them. I wanted to ask you something because I know you've got, uh, I know you've got, Pretty good sources yeah. in that team. I want to ask you about Noah Syndergaard and how close he uh, how close he came to coming here. You know what? Let's take a break and come back and do that on the other side. Talk a little Noah Syndergaard. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Been a busy couple of weeks for the Blue Jays. Going to be a busy day today. Going to be busy tomorrow. Blair and Barker, we're all over it. We want your input. Call us. Chat with us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, so Noah Syndergaard signed a one-year, $21 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, How many innings has Noah Syndergaard pitched in the last two years, he asked. Pitched two this year. 197 and two-thirds in 2019. 2020's poof. Not there because he didn't pitch 2020. Yeah. Jays talked to him, didn't they? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, some interest in a. But do you really want to give a guy that the numbers you just read off has pitched two innings last year and didn't pitch in 2020 and is coming off Tommy John? And, you know, the only time you see him pitching is with his shirt off and all these things hooked up to him. And, you know, he's lifting weights. And look how ripped he looks. I don't care about that. It, $21 million one year on a – you're taking a flyer on a guy. You, you know, he throws hard. But can he give you 145 quality innings? Now – You'd be crazy not to have a conversation with him because what that does is that keeps the Thomas Hatches and the Anthony Kays and the and the Ross Striplings at bay, right? I, where they're not getting so many big time innings because of where you want to go as a team. But I had someone tell me that he wanted the Jays more than the Jays wanted him. Sure. Yeah, you're going. Why wouldn't you? If, if he's coming here for half that, yeah, okay. You haven't pitched in two years, two innings. Uh, where's your velocity at? Can you throw three pitches? Can you locate one of those? Can you keep it in the yard? You know, a lot of that for him is about velocity, maintaining velocity throughout a start. Can he do that? How do you know? You have no idea about that. That's 21 million. That's a lot of money. But, yeah, it's – look, that's the whole point here, and you've said this at the end of the season. It's not about being relevant in September. It's about contending. It's about playing in the deep end. And you're getting guys with high octane who could give you four-plus innings, and you could turn it over to a better bullpen, but not at that price. That's not bad. That's not good business. You have no idea what the angels have no idea what the, he's going to give them none whatsoever they're just guessing that here we go 21 million hopefully he gives us 15 starts 18 starts what's a good season for him that's I, for me the angels are in a different position than the blue jays are yes they really are yes they are so i think what the the angels are doing with him what 
the Blue Jays kind of did with Robbie Ray. And that is, we'll bring you in here. We'll get you, hopefully get you straightened around. Let's see where it goes. And if we like what we see and you like what we see, then we can commit long-term. And if one of us isn't satisfied with it, we can move on. It, it makes it, it, Eight million is not 21 million. No, I, but I, and I'm also going to say this. I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want a lot of projects in this team this year. I don't want, I, I'm hoping that the days of throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if it sticks or slides down is, is gone. See, I don't look at him as a project. I look at him. Can I pencil his name in every five days? How many stars? But he, you can't right that's, now. That's but, the, but, well, that's, that's no, really but that's not really a project. I mean, maybe not a project. I, um, I, I don't want a guy that I have to. I don't want to say to Pete here, do something with this guy. Yeah, I keep keep Ross Stripling on the on the on the side. Exactly. And, and Thomas Hatch exactly. on the side. You never know. Yeah. He may not be able to make his no, start. I, don't need I get that. your point. I did that's that. the point. I, I did that last year. Exactly. And I'm already, you know what? I already may have to do that with Hyunjin Ryu. Let's just say it. I may have to do that. If I the only uncertainty I want to deal with going into spring training when it comes to pitching, if I'm the Blue Jays is what do I do with Nate Pearson? I want to get this lined up so that I know what I'm getting out of my rotation, and I do that right now. We can't. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Alec Manoa takes a step back. Maybe he has the same year. Maybe he's a better year. But the point is we kind of know what we're going to get out of these guys now. The bullpen is better, and I would be – I'll just flat out say I'd be shocked if the Jays don't add another big arm to the bullpen this offseason. For me, they have to. So – that's going to be better. If if you if you're the Blue Jays and you go into spring training and the big question mark around your pitching is what do we do with Nate Pearson? Does he start? Is he in the bullpen? Does he go to AAA? Do we trade him? Then you've done your then that's been a great offseason. That's been a great offseason because you're not counting on Nate Pearson, but you set yourself up so that if he does take that step forward, You've got a use for him. See, I think they've already made up their mind what they're going to do with him, and they've given him a plan in the offseason to make sure that, you know, you're healthy now. We've taken care of the issue that you had with your lower half. Now it's coming in mechanically, figuring out strike one, maintaining velocity. Is that secondary pitch going to get better? Can you throw it three times to the middle of the order bat? That's the thing I think. Nate Pearson, for me, needs it drawn out for him. Mm -hmm. Not going into the offseason wondering whether I have to get ready to Physically, mentally, am I going to start? Am I going to be in the bullpen? No, 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 no. Here's what you're going to do. This is why we're going out and giving guys five-year deals, seven-year deals, is so you don't have to worry about it. And Nate, for me, Nate Pearson's not a five guy. Nate Pearson right now, for me, is better off for the Blue Jays because he can throw 105 miles an hour. He hasn't done it, but maybe when he's healthy, <laughs> he can do it. He would be better, for me anyway, for the Blue Jays starting the season. In the bullpen. I'd rather have that hybrid where I can use him. I'm not saying that's, ninth inning, but I'm saying anywhere from that sixth to the eighth inning but see, and just the way, let him come in let it eat. The way it's shaping up right now, that's exactly what you can do with him because you're not counting on him to be in your starting rotation. No, I'm just you're saying not counting on they him. had to tell him that when the season was oh, over. Okay. Give him a plan. Say, this is what we want from you. We've seen enough that you can maintain velocity. It was there. We're seeing it. Yeah. You've now, got it back. So that's my point. And go out and win a job. I think and, he's and won it you, already. And if you pitch well, we'll we'll find a responsible role for you. Jason and Markham, you're on with Blair and Barker. 
Good afternoon or good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, uh, on the move so far. Happy uh, with Gosman over Ray. Was a little weary of five years with Ray. Um, Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe his pants would explode. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Just something about him. I, I so as a, as a plan B, I like Gosman. And my question to you is. Do you know if they're considering or do you see it becoming uh, commonplace where comp picks and draft picks become tradable assets Boy, as that, they are in other pro sports? Yeah. And give her a listen. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, but this, I mean, we could, I could spend an hour talking about, about trading draft picks in baseball. Given the sort of the laundry list of stuff that the commissioner is throwing out there when it comes to, to, to negotiations. I, at some point, I think baseball teams will end up being allowed to trade picks. But I don't know, given everything that this CBA is going to be about, I don't know if that would be a priority. For me, me everything Rob Manfred has talked about suggests they're looking at overhauling arbitration. Suggests that they're and really overhauling it to the point where you know, younger players may be paid out of a set pool of money. Um, you know they've talked about using war wins above replacement as a, as a, as a way of of figuring out how young players get money, how that money is is comes out of the pool they're talking about free agency i just think there are so many things on the table and i and i will admit that i have less of an idea about what all the background noises surrounding the cba negotiation than any, than any other cba negotiation that i've paid attention to i just there's just there seems to be so much on the table at some point i think what happens is a side throws a lot in the table to basically confuse the other side. Sure. Just here, here's a hundred things to think about. <laughs> and you go, Jesus, man. Where do we start? Where do we start? Yeah. But I would like to see it eventually. I would like, I, I would like to see an international, I, I would like to see an international draft. I think the, the way it is right now is just, is just dumb. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a full international draft, a universal draft as it's called. And I would like to see, I would like to see teams be able to, to trade draft picks. Now I think, one of the issues the union might have with that is the union is very big on, at least they're saying they're very big in preventing teams from tanking. I don't know if the union would be thrilled with an agreement that would allow, I mean, if anything, it would, it might even, if you're the Baltimore Orioles and you can collect draft picks yeah. instead of players, you do it in a heartbeat. shoot, you don't think if you're the Orioles and you're in the last place next year, you're trading, give me Give me two draft picks for Cedric Mullins. Yep. No, give me three draft. Give me two draft picks plus a guy for Cedric Mullins. I I I think that that might make it a little easier for teams to tank because as it is right now, I've always thought the whole tanking thing is. It's not that it isn't a non-starter because we've seen teams do it. But let's face it: how many number one picks or number three picks have we seen that suck? Like you can't tank. It's not like the NFL where you can tank to get that quarterback. Yeah. And boom, there you go. Or the mm-hmm. NHL where you can tank to get that 17 or 18 or 16-year-old kid or however young he is who's going to be the next star. You can't do that. You need like 10 chances. Exactly. Yeah. You can't do that because even if there's a consensus number one pick in baseball, first of all, you may not have him for two or three years. Secondly, you can get hurt. Players need to get over the tanking part of it. For me, anyway, every organization is different. 
different parts of their time. Like, like the Dodgers are different than the Orioles. Yes. They're, they're never in the same yes. year being good at the same time. If I'm an organization and I need draft picks and I want to trade them to a team that's going for it and I have no chance of going for it, how dare you tell me I can't do it? Yeah. That's I, just me anyway. I think players use that sometimes as a crutch for the tanking thing because they're trying to get that lesser player to get paid more on tanking teams, which if I, you're a tanking team, why would you play, pay a bunch of players a lot of money when you don't have to? It just doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of – right now there's enough money to go around for most. Not everybody's going to get paid all at the same time. Let's go out to Manitoba. Josh in Winnipeg. What is up, Josh? Hey, it sounds like you uh, came home during the wrong week. It was minus 32 at the airport on uh, Thursday and raining by Friday night. I know. I uh, I bring I do bring cold weather. It, it, I, whenever I show up, it rest assured, it is going to be the coldest day of the year to that point. It just dead happens, and I'm okay with it because I'm used to it and I dress for it. And it's not. I yeah. mean, I lived there for I lived there for like 20 years. The cold weather doesn't. I called him. He was running in it, so it doesn't seem to bother yeah. him. Doesn't seem to bother him. <laughs> Barker asked me, "You got your little white headband on and your your tight little shorts?" Yeah, and yeah. Your, yeah. No, I didn't. I had like 12 layers. Exactly, exactly. All right. I, um, I'm really disappointed we didn't get a shot at Eduardo Escobar. Mm. I thought that he was uh, the solution at the trade deadline. He's just, he's not the big splash, but he feels like the right piece for this team to just like bring it all together. I feel like Corey Seager is, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting sold on it by, uh, by the callers, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts. Do you feel I, like they're comparable? or? I mean, uh, uh, thanks for the call. Listen, I thought, and I know Arden Zwelling did the same thing. I think he listed Eduardo Escobar as one of the players he thought that the that the Jays would be interested in. Um, you know what? He's 32. Uh, I He he profiles. He's a switch hitter. What he, I think, I'm just looking at Yeah, he's played every, he started, I didn't realize this, he started at every infield position since he's been in the majors. I, I I didn't realize that. He gives them something they they don't have. We mentioned he's a switch hitter. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know, free agent, it may have come down to he simply wanted to, uh, you know, he simply wanted to go, uh, he simply wanted to go to New York. Um, but, yeah, I kind of thought that the Jays, and maybe they were in on him, I don't know, but I, I he was a guy that I thought of going into the year. I pro- profiled as as being a good fit for maybe, this team. Maybe they, maybe they have plans elsewhere. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they got all their chips in one basket. I mean, there's still infielders out there. There's there guys is. like Chris Taylor and guys like that um, that, that are still out you there. You like Chris Taylor. I know he's right-handed. He plays six no. different positions. Uh, do I like him? Strikes out a lot. He gets on base still. Listen, he walks a little bit. I want, he's been there and done it before. That experience factor, but he's right-handed. Yeah. It, uh, I think I've been pretty okay. clear. I want a switch hitter. I want a little more balance. I might... Now, this is probably going to, because I know the guy's numbers weren't great, I might be interested in Matt Chapman and trading for him to, again, right-handed hitter, I know, but giving me that defense at third base, maybe. I'm not saying that's a priority for me. Balance is more important, but I think there's two ways of looking at balance. One is lefty-righty, but also, as the Atlanta Braves showed, the type of hitters you have, right? You, you Really what you want is a lineup. It's not just a matter of lefty-righty balance. You want a lineup that can't be you want a lineup full of players that can't be pitched to the same way all the time. Yeah. Make it harder on the opposing Make it harder to, the opposing to manager. figure it out. You know, you just can't bring in a bunch of hard-throwing righties. Right. And if you've got a righty that can handle pitches. it, I'm okay if you bring in a righty that 
profiles as a different hitter than the other righties I have. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you bring in a righty who's going to be an everyday player, but I need, I need more variety in the offense than I got last year. And especially now that Marcus Semyon is in there. I need a little more variety in the. I need a little more contact. Yeah, occasionally in the it offense. might get if you if you could sprinkle in a quality left-handed hitter. Occasionally it might get Vladdy, a, a left-handed pitcher instead of a right-handed yes. pitcher. Those things because of the three batter rule and you know you're trying to work it to where your best hitters are coming up to to make it a little easier for them to have a quality at bat. But again, uh, to to Josh's point, yeah, I I would have loved Escobar, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not. I mean, what did he end up? Uh, what he hit second in the lineup for the Blue Jays? up signing for. Well, okay, this gets into another thing too. Because Marcus Semyon isn't back, look at where the Jays lineup is. How do, how do you how do you structure that how do you structure that lineup? We know Springer's going to lead off, but do you move Bo into second? I like Bo and I like I like Bo hitting in in the middle of the well, order. They're they're going to crunch the numbers. The reason why they had him hitting clean us because he was really good with runners on mm-hmm. base, and they wanted him coming up in those situations. You got traffic. He's real good at using the entire field, and he's good with two strikes or better than other hitters on your team. And maybe that would get Vladdy a few more fastballs on the plate. That, that's a great question. I, I, for me, the three righties in a row depends on how good your three righties are. Yeah, like I, it, and then it, you got Teoscar Hernandez hitting cleanup. Are, are you, are you I, I yelling and say, screaming about that? Bo, Bo Vladdy and Teoscar is. Uh, but I'd still, I, I would okay still rather have a really good left-handed hitter. That you could sprinkle in between those that would just occasionally, you know, because sometimes those three righties or four righties are going to struggle. And that having that lefty would just make it a little easier for maybe them mixing it up and see their lefty occasionally. And yeah, let, you know what? A lefty or a switch hitter that's going to give me some contact and just create create a little issue for the manager, for yeah, the opposing you, you manager. You want that manager that you can see his hair on fire because he doesn't really know who to go to. Do I leave the righty in? Do I, do I go to the lefty? Oh, no. Yeah, and uh, especially in this, especially the way the game is played now, you know, I, 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 I want to, I, I want to create a situation where I get the platoon advantage as often, as often as possible. But it, you know, as well as I do, this is going to come down to pitching defense. Yep, it always does. That's the Braves. That is it for Blair and Barker today. Again, you can subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Rate us, review us, and I think. Little birdie just told me, I think we're going to be back tomorrow live from 10 to noon. I think. Don't know. Just follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, SN Jeff Blair. We'll keep you abreast of the schedule. Things are moving here. It's fluid. It's been Blair and Barker on Sports and F590, the fan.